Australia is now well on its way to becoming just the seventh country to have a nuclear-powered submarine. And early tomorrow morning, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese will join his British and American counterparts to unveil how. The three leaders will meet in San Diego, and but AUKUS has gone from a tight ship to a leaky one. Key details of the sub's plan were revealed last week, so what more can we expect? Ashley Townsend is a senior fellow for Indo-Pacific Security at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Ashley, welcome. Hi, Patricia. Good to be here. Australia will get our first submarines up up to five, although those details will be announced tomorrow, uh, up to five US-Virginia subs in the early 2030s. That's around a decade away still. Can we truly call it a stopgap measure? Well, look, I think we can. Um, the the current Collins-class fleet that we have uh, and its uh, and its lifetime extension program that is due to commence uh, later this decade in 2026 um, is already is already locked away. Um, those Collins will continue to serve us well through to the middle of next decade. If indeed we have Virginia-class submarines in the United States um, in Australia from the early 2030s, then that would not only begin to allow us to phase out those Collins-class submarines, uh, but also to phase them out with a much higher capability boat and indeed do so much faster than we would have been able to under the French deal. So it's a win all around in that regard. Okay. Yesterday, US Congressman Joe Courtney gave the clearest indication yet that we'll be receiving second-hand Virginia submarines. I think he said they're not going to be clunkers, though. Uh, Will they be up to scratch? Will they be enough? The Virginia-class submarine is is quite possibly the most or one of the world's most formidable military vehicles ever built. So to to scoff, I think at the um, at at the nature of a refurbished Virginia-class submarine, I think is to misunderstand how these military um, pieces of hardware exist. The US is still using B-52 bombers. They're about 70 years old. Of course, they can't do everything that they did once upon a time. They can't fly over contested airspace, but they're still a formidable asset. Now, when it comes to the Virginias, uh, my understanding is that whatever we get from the United States, um, uh, and I don't think that we have a final determination on that yet, will be some combination of new and old Virginia-class submarines that is the result of an additional Australian investment into the US defence industrial base. And those refurbished Virginia-class submarines uh, will be good to go for Australia for a period of time. Um, look at our Collins-class life of type extension program. That would give them an additional, an additional 10 years of life. You could expect something similar with refurbished Virginia-class submarines. So I think that uh, Senator Courtney is right. Uh, they won't be a clunker. They will quite possibly be uh, um, the most formidable submarine that Australia has operated. So I don't think we should lose too much sleep over that particular issue. Now, in the late 2030s, Australia is set to buy UK-designed subs. Where do you think they'll be built? And what do you make of the different plans? You know, we start with Virginia and then we move to this. Is that is that a good way forward? It sounds convoluted. Look, it, it, it would obviously be ideal were Australia to transition from the boat that we currently use to a new class of vessel without any intermediate steps, but that was never going to be viable. Um, for the last 20 years, successive Australian governments um, have juggled um, and, and, and fumbled on this decision. I think we are now at a stage where we have a plan that has firmed into place 
but it will involve an, an intermediate step. It will just involve an intermediate step in the case of the Virginia classes that is from the United States, that is nuclear powered, and that is much more capable than what we have currently and what we would have got under previous plans to upgrade our submarine. In, in terms of where they'll be built, that's one of the details I'm really keen to hear more mm. about uh, tomorrow. I do think that it's likely that we will see a combination of a UK and an Australian build. There's obviously a political commitment to build in Adelaide. Numbers haven't been attached to that commitment. Um, Obviously, the British Prime Minister, Rishi Shunak, is very um, upbeat, it's reported, about the submarine deal and is expecting it to be really a saviour for the British submarine industry as well. So I think you'll see a combination. And indeed, in order to get uh, the boat at a regular clip, and this will be the same boat that the UK will also use as a follow-on from its current astute-class nuclear-powered submarine, um, I think you will need both countries' submarine industrial bases working in tandem. So whether or not the first submarine that is built under that AUKUS-class sub is built in Britain or built in Australia, um, I think remains to be seen. It's likely that it will be built in Britain first for British use first and that Australia will get boats down the line from both the British shipyard as well as Australian shipyards. And I think the key point here to bear in mind is AUKUS is ultimately about a fusion of three countries' defence industrial bases. Now, um, there have been problems with that and there have been um, advances on that front. When it comes to the sharing of technology on the nuclear-powered submarine side of the house and the building of submarine capacity in all three countries, I think that box has been well and truly checked in a positive way. And so we need to start thinking about our submarine building capacity trilaterally, not just unilaterally. Okay, so let's let's just talk about something that former Senator Rex Patrick, sub, former submariner as well, said. He he predicts that this the the this plan won't ultimately work based on past precedent, and that we'll end up buying more or int- intending to buy more Virginia class submarines. Can you see that happening? I really think that that is an unfair assessment. So far out. Um, before all of the details are known or made public. What I would say is that what the Australian government has done in this particular case is to have two dogs in the fight. So in the event of a hiccup or a blowout in timelines um, on on the British boat side of the house, and indeed that's the, the, less, the, the, the lesser tested of the two because it's not a current boat in the water, um, we would ha- we already have a plan in place. And so if we are indeed getting new Virginia-class submarines as well as refurbished ones, those can be extended um, for decades and there would be a process by which that could take place. So I think we have built into this plan um, a, a mechanism for dealing with failure or failure of expectations, and that is a good thing. Um, the Australian Secretary of Defence, uh, Greg Moriarty, said um, about 18 months ago in an interview at the National Security College in Canberra, that there is no such thing as a no-risk submarine program. And I think that that is absolutely true. And we're seeing the management of risk in this AUKUS deal, and that's what matters. Okay, so Virginia class deals with our capability gap. How about if Donald Trump is elected as president in the United States for a second term? He's a front-runner for the Republican nomination at this stage. It's obviously early days. And thinks, no, no, I don't think we should be doing that. Where does that leave us? 
I mean, as, as a hypothetical, um, it's an undesirable one to contemplate a future U.S. president who would decide to, you know, throw out an existing treaty agreement and cut Australia off. Uh, but I think in, in, in the real world, even of the previous Donald Trump's presidency, um, Australia did well. Australia was really the U.S. ally that was best treated by the Trump administration. That's not to say, of course, that it would happen again in a future president that was potentially hostile towards Australia for a reason that we can't foresee at this point in time. Um, but the strength of the US commitment through its bureaucracy to Australia, the investment by the United States in military posture in this country, which it is increasingly counting on for its war plans, the sharing with Australia of its most sensitive submarine um, technology. These are all signals of a country, of an ally, that is also taking risk by investing in Australia's enduring role and Australia's enduring and increasingly capable security role in the Indo-Pacific. So if you like, the way I would answer that question is to say that risk runs both ways when you're talking about the level of integration and the level of trust in the alliance now. And so that is a hedge, I think, against either side doing something that is dramatically different from what the other would expect. The Prime Minister insists that despite relying on the US to supply these subs, they'd be under Australian command and control. Are you confident of that? Look, I must admit that when stories started to trickle out last week, there were some reports about us, uh, Australia, hosting Virginia-class submarines that would be co-crewed uh, by US and Australian crews, and it was ambiguous as to who would have operational control over them. Um, I have since heard, and indeed Senator Courtney made this point on Insiders, that that is not going to be the case, and that in fact, um, when you are talking about the co-crewing aspect of the AUKUS arrangement, it is not about the Virginias that Australia will be buying um, from 2032 onwards, but it is in fact about the Virginia-class submarines that the US is going to be rotating through Australia later this decade under force posture initiatives. Now, co-crewing a submarine for training purposes, enabling Australian crews to work alongside US crews to learn the ropes, to learn how to operate safely um, and under you know, compliance with international safeguard mechanisms, nuclear-powered submarines is and was always going to be part of this plan. We will be doing the same with British submarines as well. Um, that is not a concern for sovereign decision-making. That is not a concern for who is ultimately in command of the boat. Um, when it comes to the submarines that we purchase and we operate, I understand that those will be Australian-owned, Australian-crewed, and they will not be something that is therefore subject to a negotiation uh, to say nothing, uh, you know, much less being, uh, you know, operated on the behest of a foreign country. That isn't how it's going to work. Ashley, many thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks, PK. Good to be here. Ashley Townsend is the Senior Fellow for Indo-Pacific Security at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, and you're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.